0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to this episode 238 of the Tree Talk podcast. We have a special guest starting with us this morning. We have Leo Connor live early on. We'll be talking all about the Hurling Championship as Lyric Fair to await who will face them in the All Ireland semi final with the quarterfinals down precision this weekend. We have men's football as the, the footballer season came to an end. We have ladies' football, we have camogie, and we have masters. We have so much more to go through over the course of an hour. Or so, So stay tuned for all that and more.
1: Impression again. the game, you get old with what you put in, it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But
2: not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it, high and over the bar!
1: Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods, and you give you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you?
3: Just about
4: kept in, oh, uh, down to O'Shea, do to he
3: deserves to score from here, one and a half.
1: The we went out there from the war court today, no more about it, the mid the run, that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? We've a couple of injuries. Here comes Kieran Carey. Carey leaving the charge of the left grenade. 45 minutes out, he's a chance to score. He's going to win, There's no sympathy in this game for anybody.
0: No, Matt, join this morning.
5: Good, lads, good. Can't complain at all.
2: Yeah, good morning,
0: but, uh, Leo. I suppose Hi, Matt, how first, are you? Good. The first, I suppose, semi-down week for, uh, for the Limerick fans in a, in a long time. How have you summed up the
5: Hurling so far this year, Leo? I suppose it's the summer of Hurling, really, isn't it? Every year we keep saying it's the summer of Hurling, but it keeps getting better and better, and it keeps giving and giving. Um and I think that, you know, I think it's really down to the nitty-gritty now on Saturday. Um the doubleheader in Limerick is going to be huge. I think a lot of uh a lot of counties with a lot of aspirations. Um, the Galways, the tips, and as we all know, Clare and Dublin. Um I just think it's uh one of those days now where it becomes a do or die situation for all four counties because they really have all have aspirations in different ways um and different pressures, I suppose really, from dealing with um Coming through, majority of teams come through, a Leinster, the two teams would say Galway and Dublin coming through a Leinster championship that really only failed to ignite, I suppose, at the Leinster final stage. Um, definitely Galway, or um, <clears throat> the Galway and Dublin match, both of them in different ways. Um, even though Galway got to a Leinster final, I suppose, they're disappointed with the result, the last minute um, goal against Kilkenny and you're turned over. Um and then Dublin with Michal I don't know who I suppose who's really beginning to try and push on um, and just to, to improve Dublin and it's I think that's that's the Dublin matches is important as the Galway situation is as well because certainly without shadow without Henry is going to be under massive pressure um year two with Galway um people are beginning to it's the pressures of management I suppose people are beginning to ask questions and so forth but look I think Saturday evening is going to be someday um like you want to have 40, 45,000 people in Limerick again. Um, I suppose this year and more and I'm delighted to see it. And it's it's a to the county board, I suppose, really, um, you know, Limerick really has become, has become the home of hurling this year in terms of a venue. You can see the benefits of the field um, being relayed last year. It looks immaculate every, every, every time they go out and it turned out and the crowds, I think like the Munster final will definitely go down in my memory as one of the mo- most unique days that I've experienced.
0: Yeah, it's been incredible so far. And before we get to the quarterfinals themselves, how important is it for Limerick that they don't have to worry about a quarterfinal this week, that they will have had that four-week break going into Park, especially with the injuries?
5: I think it's very important. I just think that the players are getting that little bit of a break as well. Um, and I think that in terms of you, they, they can sit back and really watch what's going on around them now. Um, you can see the tactics that Galway... Tip, whoever whoever comes through those two quarterfinals, you can analyse them, the management team will have time to analyse what what they saw um, and in, in terms of the players themselves it's it's a, it's it's a the ideal preparation I think after a Munster Championship, what I would term an, en- an energy zapping Munster Championship um, certainly what Claire and Tip have experienced this year in terms of the energy expanded to get to where they are on Saturday that's one of the most important things that you know Galway and Goblin will probably be that little bit fresher but certainly the tip and clear situation they'll be more battled hard and into it. And like as I said with Limerick, Limerick are able to afford that week week off um, and then you go, Till the 8th of, 8th, of July, so you know they can fine tune it. The players could get the injuries, right? it's giving John a chance, even though we have the Declan situation that has popped up. Um, but like in terms of overall structures, I think Limerick will need this week off, that extra week, that extra week off, because as I said, it'll be interesting just to see what way Tip and Clare are, particularly Clare, because Clare after giving it, getting to a Munster final, we trying to get over the disappointment of that. And then get their energy levels back up again for Saturday evening. Yeah, and the, the quarterfinals themselves,
0: then, you know, Clare will be will be heavy favourites going into Dublin, but Tipperary and Galway seems to be very 50-50. How do you see those games playing out?
5: Um I, I just think that Dublin are going to Dublin have nothing to lose and everything to gain on Saturday. And it's one of those situations against Clare where they can leave everything on the field. And like as I said, they've had the they've had the break as well of the Leinster final, finishing third above in Leinster and coming out of that, um and certainly one that Mihala Dunne who would like, he's for in his first year, he knows his team probably knows his best team at this stage best, 18, 19 players at this stage and one that he can really um push on on Saturday and they can read and test themselves. He'll know going into next year where he is exactly on Saturday. I, do, I don't think they'll disappoint. I think Dublin will turn up and I think they'll put it up to a Clare team that, as I said, will be getting over it, will be getting over the disappointment of a Munster final. Clare, without shadow of a doubt, left everything on the field. Brian has Brian has one or two question marks in his own head as well, coming away from the Munster final. So they've got to be answered by Clare players on Sunday how they how the, the literally performance and so forth, and the energy levels that, that they've they got to go back and bring to the table. Yeah. Um, the tip... The tip gallo one is going to be that's a very hard game to call no I be honest Joe I just think tip had tip had played a challenge match literally last um last Saturday and it showed the difference in 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 levels between McDonough cup and McCarthy Cup um and I think there was while they got a game into him and they got their, their eye in for the for the over you know, the post are and you know, a lot of players will have a lot of confidence. certainly like the likes of Marquio. And he's scoring 3-3. You know, that Jamie Callinan getting game time again into him. Jake Morris coming back from an injury, getting six or seven points. Um, Like, they're things that, that Tip will really have enjoyed. But I don't know, was the game really of any benefit to Tip? I think Galway are going in the perfect scenario, losing the Leinster, Leinster final last minute. That in their head, to go out and prove themselves... The Henry Shefflin factor as well is a major, major, major thing going on in Galway. Henry knows that they've got to push on and try and get over the line on Saturday and face the Limerick team in the All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, do you think Limerick would favour either team or focus on themselves as they always do? Limerick will just focus on themselves, and I think, as I said earlier, it's a chance for John to get a look at both Tip and Galway in the perfect scenario. He can sit down, enjoy the game, and he can go. He can look at it and go from there because. You know, he'll learn more on Saturday because these two teams will go at it on Saturday evening without shadow of a doubt and, you know, they've got to go out and express themselves and they've got to go out and show their hand and and John is of the benefit of being able to sit down, look at this and analyse it and I think it doesn't make any difference to Limerick because John will have his own game plan, as we all well know, going into an all Ireland semi-final and having got the break of the month, probably three weeks is the perfect break but look at with at this stage of the year you know you take every break you can um and in terms of that i think john will know that he'll they'll have got the intensity levels and they've got the work rate back into these players because certainly in the second half against claire they must have found straight away that 10 15 minutes after half time i think limerick's energy levels went through the roof um you know they became aggressive on the ball and, you know, they they really worked that, that bit harder. And I think that's that's what's going to get to it. Li- that would, I hopefully, will see Limerick over the line in all We find be fine against cedar Goldberg, tip. Very hard one to call um because there's very different factors com- from both teams, as I said, coming into it. So, look, John John will enjoy Saturday, um, analyse everything and take it on board for two weeks' time. Yeah,
0: Matt, do you think Limerick will be, like, I suppose, preferring one team to come through or... Will they just be wary of which they'll have, as Leo said, a chance to see both of them and and know exactly what they're facing?
2: Ah, uh, I'm I, I'm not so sure that they will have a, they will have any preference because um I suppose it's one of the strengths of these team of this Limerick team that they, they they prepare themselves diligently for whatever is put in front of them, and um no, I don't think that they will have any preference. But at at the outset uh, of of the championship, Jack um. You asked the question, who, who did I think would be the biggest threat to, to, to Limerick this year, and I named Tipperary and Galway. So um, we're going to be confronted with one of them in the aftermath of Saturday evening, and the other one would be out of the championship. I find it very hard to know um, where Tipperary are at. Um, we saw very promising performances from in, um particularly in the opening round in Ennis, and um, uh, should have won the game in Cork. Um, would, 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 would let it slip um, didn't win the draw with Limerick and then the defeat to Waterford and I, I, I'm not so sure what the game against Offaly last week um, has told us about Tipperary, um, it has told us that they have definitely a potent attack that can score but they have a defence that conceded three goals and 18 points you know and like um uh you know were you to repeat that against galway i'm not so sure that you'll rack up seven goals or whatever they're racked up against against them um, awfully so very very hard to know where they're at and um galway of course they just will have to get over um leo mentioned that they are about um they are letting everything in in, in the Munster final i'd say the same could be said of galway in the leinster final um, and they, they will have to try and put that heartbreaking defeat and the circumstances of that defeat behind them, going into the game and pick themselves up. Um, and they've they've had a fortnight to do it. Now, I agree with what Leo says about the other semi-final. We we spoke about it last week, and I speaking about the potential um, that that Dublin could upset things this year. And. Um, uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the All Ireland, but you know they can't. They're capable of taking a big scalp, and you, you, you'd have to say that Clare would be a small bit vulnerable after the Munster final. But maybe Clare have been handed a bit of an advantage in that the game is in the Gaelic grounds, a venue that they, that, that they are very, very familiar with. And um, but there, there are certain question marks about uh, about um, Clare. Leo, Leo, Leo is right. And we discussed it at the end here last week about you know, um but the answer to your question, Jack, is that I, I I think Limerick wouldn't have any preference. You're in an All-Ireland semi-final. You have to take what you put in front of you and deal with it.
0: Yeah, and we, we both mentioned we all mentioned the, the heavy defeat, I suppose, for Offaly against Tipperary, and you are very close. They linked Offaly Leo, obviously with the Twenties and the minors last year, you know. From an Offaly standpoint, and Carlo as well, obviously, was that game last week beneficial, you know, before you ever consider the results? You know, do you just look at it and say, we get to play an All-Ireland Lee McCarthy team and we just have to take it how it is? Or do you think there should be a different way to you know, integrate teams in that higher level?
5: Honestly, Jack, I'll put my hand on my heart here um, and i a close allegiance to Offaly. Um, the game was of no benefit to Offaly last, last Saturday. Um I just think the McDonough Cup is the McDonough Cup. Um I'm here I heard a slight rumour last week that it was the last All Ireland preliminary quarterfinals that will take place. Um I heard that decision has been kinda of taken already above in Crow Park. I heard that through the grapevine, Um and I don't think it's released yet. But um I think that it was of no benefit in them whatsoever to Offley. Um being beaten by Carlo in a McDonough Cup final where they really performed and i think it was probably offley's best day this year um got the chances um refereeing decisions i think on the day against carlo as well um certainly didn't go their way i think a player getting sent off and a possible square ball i think as well um but look that's a that's a different matter completely in terms of offley the game like as i've mentioned already no benefit whatsoever like it was a hard day. It was a hard day for Johnny Kelly, a hard day for everyone associated with Offaly, because um okay, fair enough. Like the minor team and under-20 team making progress in the last two years, but in terms of the Gulf and class between strength and conditioning of Tipperary, and that's the one thing I was at, I was at it last Saturday. and I, I just had the benefits of being able to stand back and look at it. Um, but the difference in the strength and conditioning, the difference in the speed of hurling. Um, it showed the major gulf and class between the two areas, and if you want, um, in a different way, we experienced that in the under-20 All-Ireland final as well, um, basically, like 10 of the team are under, underage next year, 27 of the panel are underage next year, very, very, very young group of players with definitely and 20 but certainly when we played Cork, and I know there's, I think there's 14 of the Cork panel of 34 35 underage next year but in terms of strength and conditioning and the preparation of those teams over the last number of years i think cork are coming very close to the mark and i think it's one of those occasions where cork are the biggest threat to limerick and that might sound even though they're not in dollar quarter quarterfinal i think in future Cork could be one of the biggest threats that limerick will face coming down the line because they're certainly making their way back to the top table um but like in terms of the the situation, no benefit whatsoever. It was it was an absolute disaster. Um 738, the high score recorded in a championship match in, in the All Ireland series. There's a lot of things going on that you know that players don't need that. Um and certainly um I just can't for the life of me I can't understand the benefits. When you're beaten in the McDonough Cup final, you really don't need to be going out playing a top-class team, you know. If you're good enough, you get up there and you, you get up there on merit. And certainly, Carla got up there, put up a, a brave enough performance against Dublin. Dublin, raw was going to win it. Um, certainly, below in a tight field, below in Dr. Cullen Park, it it made that challenge for Dublin. You know, the crowd in around them that'll be more confined. And certainly, Dublin performed well enough, even though Michael Michael who I I've no doubt will look at the, the flaws of um and analyze the game. But certainly um no benefit whatsoever for and I'm be honest with you, I don't think it's for either team. I think let let Carlo enjoy their day in the sun. They won the McDonough Cup and I think for Offaly as well, Offaly players getting over the disappointment of it. Um and certainly puts a question mark I think I, I think it put a bigger question mark in the Offaly players' heads, you know, and now like you're you're in a situation where you ship seven goals and 38 points very valid point though what matt made there earlier tip conceded 318 against a team that you know weren't good enough to win a mcdonough cup and i certainly think if Galway score 318 on uh on saturday evening tip will be in a lot of trouble it, it, it'll be it'll be far closer than what they think it'll ever be so from that point of view you know it's um there's one or two things that you know question marks all around but in terms of Lee and like I, I genuinely you know those players um they're trying hard they're working hard they, they don't have the benefits of the strength and conditioning that goes into the limerick players and i know of limerick from 14 to 16 years of age they don't lift weights but yet they're doing technique in the academy and certainly from 16 17 18 years of age limerick players are doing weights um you know the strength and conditioning side of things is, is massive um and in terms of above it awfully i know it last three years four years with the minors, i have them doing strength and conditioning and they are in the gym and it's beginning is beginning to tell for them and that that's been that's the benefits of it but one of the most important things i think is the speed of hurling that awfully have got to develop um and certainly the senior team were showing up were found out um and i suppose that's the only way i can describe it um playing playing mcdonald cup you see the like I can't, I. It was. It was very hard to even to stand back and watch it. Like six minutes gone in the match, and it was one six to no score, and you're going, oh my god! And I think the whole crowd, even like there was ten thousand people at it. The awfully people, as you you all know, like they follow teams and they follow them good. But in terms of what was happening going forward, it's it's a hell of a lot of a difficult situation now to pick up a senior team for Johnny Kelly to go back in next year. Um, look. There's an awful lot of changes has to be made and a lot of things has to be done, but it's one that I suppose that they'll take with they'll take the challenge. I've no doubt, but yet to step up for over the next twelve months, going to Division One B, it's going to be a mighty challenge for them. You know, now granted, there's teams not as strong as the One A situation, um, but like it's going to be a mighty challenge for Roffly going forward.
0: Yeah, I suppose in the grand scheme of things, do you just kind of have to forget about these days and focus on the positives, like the miners winning last year. And the twenties getting to Ireland and understand there probably will be days like this.
5: Ah, look, yeah, I agree, I agree, Jack. But you know, there can only there can only be so many days like this, you know. And that's that's that is the pinnacle of the situation where they're they're they've disappointed, um, you know. And it's it's not. And I know certainly know in terms of Johnny Kelly. Johnny Kelly has done everything in his power right to get awfully to the top level and as has michael michael fenley before that you know there's been an awful lot of structures good structures put in place um they have the best training facilities in ireland and i i that includes anywhere you go in this country in the 32 counties awfully have the best training ground the four fields above and faithful fields they have their gym their astroturf video analysis rooms canteens everything is there right so it's now it, and I'm not putting pressure on players up there but it's, the players have got to step up to the mark and certainly when you put the structures in around them I got, I've got a great reaction off of miners in under 20s Johnny Kelly got a great reaction this year they won promotion from 2A to 1B that's another step up the ladder but you wonder after after last Saturday and this is the doubt that that such a defeat creates are they really prepared and are they really are their bodies more than anything else prepared to step up to that mark to, to top tier right this minute after last Saturday no they're not um, and it's it's part of the par- part of the project will be now is to mind last year's mind is to mind them 20s teams that you know they've stepped up they're playing at the top tier level they're getting two years in a row which is no mean feat getting to an All-Ireland final two years in a row for these guys and it's it, it all comes from within and they've bought in these young guys have bought in and they've really stepped up and performed for um and as I said already the crowds that follow them are absolutely massive, the atmosphere, it's it's very unique, you know, um, as I mentioned, it reminded me of my minor days when we were going out to Brough, playing the Corks and Tipperaries, Matt will remember this, and we turned it over Cork in 1984 and we got on to win all Ireland minors in 87 mm. f- with Phil Bennis bringing, bringing, bringing these teams and it's, it's, it's one of the unique occasions. It's not in a stadium, but it's very, very unique, and it creates a unique atmosphere. And certainly, below Dr. Colin Park this year, down the 20 final, these players bought into that, and you know the crowds in around you, and it, it, you learn from these occasions, and you you probably learn more from being the crowd in around you and the, creating the atmosphere than you do going into you know the likes of Simple Stadium and these places for preliminary matches where like there's a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand people, and you barely know they're there. So certainly going forward, you know. Awfully have a lot of work to do still, um, and they're 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 making progress, but still, enough a hell of a lot of work to do. And as I said, the most important thing is probably to protect the players that played in the All Ireland and the Twenty Final. Um, I know there was two of them. Charlie Mitchell got a goal and two points um, last Saturday against Tip, and really, in fairness, they played well. Um, Sam Burke was on the was out in the middle of the field taking off at half time, but has performed admirably this year and really is beginning to step up to the plate. But it's going to take a period of time. And then there's Kyle King, Luke Watkins, those three or four of them uh, on the subs bench. Certainly, that you know in time they will begin to step up and they've enjoyed it all. And one that I hope that they, they stay loyal to Offaly hurling um, and and do that The most important thing as well. For them, I think over the next couple of weeks and months is that the colleges that they're going to, that they do go in and play Fitzgibbon Cup with these colleges, Um, they do do, they do work under strength and conditioning, and that the programs are put in place. I know that I know, in a 20 point of view, I know the programs put in place already, and they're beginning to start working on it already. But, but like, that's what Offley have got to do, and it's, it's going to be a continuous job, 52 week job for the year for, for Offley for these players to be able to step up to the mark. And especially when you're trying to, which is really, in my opinion, a six year project, when you're trying to squeeze that into a three or four year project to get them up to the next level. Like next year, is so important that they do go on and win a McDonough Cup, and hopefully, they do do that and step up to the plate and get into the Championships and be contesting. I saw him, I saw a fleet twice this year against Dublin senior hurling team. Um, and certainly the very first day was like I think it was early January. Um, and I looked at it in terms of you know the structures and what the dubs brought me all. Don't know who was new in the job and the enthusiasm that he brought down to Faithful Fields challenge match. Like, it that's that's the thing that where Off-League really need to learn from and really need to step up that way.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's it's, it's part of a project and it, the green shoots are there, but it just days like Saturday are are very disappointing. I suppose, Matthew, you trying to jump in there?
2: Yeah, no, I was I, I, just on the general point that Leo was making there about about the value of um, the McDonough Cup finalists going into the, um, the, um, into the All-Ireland Series. I, to me, it's a bit of a charade. Um, I, I, I think they this, that you know the finalists. Although you know it's hard to lose the final and certainly lose McDonald Cup final in the circumstances in which Awfully lost it, but it should be a go. A, a, should be allowed go away and bask in what their success is. Now um, the the game was of absolutely no value to Awfully. If 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 anything, it probably said Offley back after what was a very very good year overall, and. Um, Now, Carlo did put up a a creditable performance against Dublin, and I suppose the game was of value to both sides. Um, And we'll know that on on Saturday when we see how Dublin will come out in the Gaelic Grounds. But I I, I think the overall point that you made from the start, Jack, and uh, I certainly hope that the inkling that that Leo has got about the future of what I call a charade is about to come to an end.
5: Yeah, I I think... Go on, Leo. I just think it's I just think on I mad. Yeah. we're we're both singing off the same hymn sheet here. I think like the McDonough Cup be the McDonough Cup, they go up and play it above in Crow Park and that's their day in the sun, right? And I just think it should end there from right. Okay, both counties, like certainly Carlo go away and prepare for um and move on to the McCarthy Cup next year into the Leinster Championship and that they're able to go out and perform right, Johnny Kelly re- referred to it um this week, because just talking to him and he said, it's like a two year um, game of snakes and ladders, you're climbing the ladder, and you get up one year and you're back down the next year, I think that's the thing that the GA have really got to look at and like, you know, Donalogue Donalogue Music is, you know, he's very very strong and he's forthright in his ideas but to be quite honest, I think he has a lot of, there's a lot of credit in what he's saying and I think that the GA need to look at hurling as well, um, and I think that you know carlos the offleys the westmeads and they're the perfect example of it um they like they haven't really achieved a hell of a lot up at the top tier level but they're stuck in there and they're improving the whole time and i think think that you know as i said it's probably in terms of all an overall structure of the GA. it's probably a 10-year plan that the gna need to put in place um to get these counties back up to a level because when you look at it like like let's be honest I suppose the Munster Championship is the stronghold of it now, um, where you have five teams. Um, and certainly, like, above in Leinster next year, you're looking at Dublin, Kilkenny, Galway and Wexford, right? So it's going to be three out of four. Where down in, in Munster, it's going to be three out of five. And it's back to our point, our earlier questions that we, we addressed here, in terms of, you know, the amount of effort and time and the energy zapping out of a Munster Championship, it takes out of your body to win a Munster Championship. It's certainly like winning in All Ireland, right? At this stage and this year, and we keep we said it very much earlier as well that you know to win to win a Munster Championship now is, is massive, but in terms of overall structures of the GA, like Antrim are isolated up there. It's very very hard from I know above in Derry, which Lockneil and these places like. They're, there's all small pockets of hurling around the place. You look at East Ki above Sligo, get into another, and Sligo getting to an Ireland junior hurling find this year, same day as Mo and Lean played. These are pockets of hurling that really need help from Crow Park. And I think it, it can be worked on, right? Granted, you won't get them all to the same level, but certainly. You know, I think that the counties need to be able to step up and make the lower levels of hurling more competitive as well, so that when they when they are successful, when they do step up, that it's not such a major major, um. Oh, I suppose nervousness attached to to stepping up like off the experience last Saturday against against Tipperary. Yeah, it, it's definitely something. Jake, that, um, that we, go
2: on, Matt. I- I was going to say that I, we can depart from um, discussing awfully and let Leo go without asking the question about the man that, in my opinion, lit up this year's under 20 hurling championship, Adam Screeny.
5: <laughs> yeah, and you know what, Matt? I'll tell you something that let you into the secret. He's coming to UL well next year. So you'll be able to see him playing Fresher Hurling with UL well next year. Um, he's oh. just after finishing, he's, he's just after finishing, he's leaving, sir. Um, he's a talent. Um he's one of what I think four or five very unique talents in that offly team. I certainly think. Dan Ravenhill, Connor Doyle. There's a good few of these guys that I know right this minute have applied for colleges in Limerick to come down and and play Fresher Turlin with I certainly think Connor Doyle will be will be soon. You'll see him at with um L I T. Um definitely Adam is coming to Limerick, I know that. Um so in terms of that, like he's he's unique talent. Um he has he has dancing feet, um, and this is this is the part that you will you will really enjoy Matt. He's actually put on seven and a half kg Matt since the All Ireland final last year, and he still looks tiny. And to take the punishment that he took this year and kept coming back, um, be it in all rounds of under twenty hurling championship, he has lit up the hurling world this year. He's a credit to himself. He's a credit to his family. Um, and he's one of the most unassuming young fellas that you'll ever come across. Cannot speak highly enough of him. Cannot speak highly enough of the, the Offaly players. And the way I have been consumed into Offaly has been absolutely accredited people. Um, but it's one that at the end of the day, it will end someday. And as I said to Adam, and I said to the likes of Dan Ravenhill, the likes of Conor Doyle, even Liam Hoare, who, a young lad who fell very ill this year and has gone through a tough three months, and played in the All-Ireland Minor final last year with us, and we played the whole year with him through illness, without him this year. Um, Like There's there's a lot of things, Matt, behind what you see on the field, and these guys are really, really genuine GA people, and that's why, I suppose that's what keeps us all going, Matt, even though what I'm not doing is not in my home county, Um, but certainly that I am enjoying, and that you enjoy... Spreading your knowledge, spreading your experiences of different things, and trying to put these counties on a map. And look, I can't speak highly enough of, I can't speak highly enough of Offaly, Michael Dwyer, and what the Offaly County Board have done. Um, it's been the perfect opportunity for me to go out and express myself. What I what I have learned in Limerick over a ten year, ten and eleven year period, being involved with Limerick under Academy and Limerick teams. But certainly, you know, the whole thing and the Adam the Adam thing. Like, wouldn't I love if he was a Limerick man? Um, you know, that he was coming through for the next if you if you if we looked at it, you know, that you'd have three or four Adam Screenies coming through. Certainly awfully have have them coming through. And that's my point, Matt, about you know, um they've gone they've gone to a senior team and they have to make their own way. Right. I know there are certain players there that are very, very good. On Cahill, Ben Keneally, these players, they have a lot of experience game now. Um, and certainly some of them with with colleges level and Fitzgibbon Cup and Freshers Hurling so that's the way forward for Offaly and that's the way forward for Adam Screeny and look, it is what it is Matt but certainly, you know, every every like when I see videos when I see videos on YouTube and previews coming up on social media it's so enjoyable to look at him and to say did that really happen because when you're on the sideline Matt, you really don't see a hell of a lot because you're looking out at at, at grass level but certainly when you look back and you see you know, it's he has lit up the world, the, the hurling world this year, and look, as I said, he's he's going to be putting on a UL jersey next year, so that's that's vitally important. Yeah, it'll be very exciting let's to, hope, to see him. Uh, sorry,
2: on. Jack. Let's hope that 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 putting on the UL jersey is any chance he'd fall in the footsteps of Joe McKenna all those years ago.
5: <laughs> oh, look, he's. <laughs> I don't think, no, Matt. To be quite honest, I said that they have chains around his ankles and around his hands, and he's well tied to the office situation. Like Matt, he's he's just i will be honest—just he's, he's an unnatural sportsman. He plays golf, no matter what, no matter what the guy does. That he's competitive, and he might be small in stature, but I tell you this: he's a competitive little animal.
0: Yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant player to watch and been very enjoyable. But before before we let you go, Leo, just on Limerick, obviously that you mentioned your your time with Limerick. How have you? How would you su- sum- summarize their campaign so far um, in Munster? You know, obviously won the Munster Championship, but. Very different, uh, I suppose, the previous two or three successes.
5: Very, very different. Yeah. I just think this year it's most of championship. I think Limerick have come back into the pack a little bit. Um, and I think other counties have stepped up. Certainly, I think Clare have made a major step forward. Um, they've taken a lot of lessons from last year, and Clare have improved the whole time. And I think that Clare have the potential to go on and win in All Ireland. Um, and I wouldn't wouldn't we won't be surprised. Um, you know when it happens over the next. Hopefully not at Limerick suspense, but um I think over the next two or three years I think it's going to be vitally important for um the Clare that to keep the momentum going that they have. Um, Tipperary certainly are going to be a formidable. Um, opposition for Galway on Saturday and certainly one that um I think that last Saturday, if there's one thing that really struck me about them last Saturday, right, and I know it's it's different in competitive when you're really playing a team that are that are equally as good as you but certainly there was a freedom and there was an expression of their natural hurling ability last Saturday, which I saw I haven't seen in a Claire or in a tip team that has I they've always kind of played the last two years with certainly I what I would term a little bit of fear um, and they really, did they believe at any stage that they were really contenders and going to go on and win in All-Ireland because certainly they suffered at the hands of, of Limerick I think that Tip have, what Liam Cahill has brought to him has brought a really, really competitive edge and I think that that's one of the most formidable things that if Tip do get over Galway that tip we're going to bring to Limerick. Limerick's campaign has been, like, has been, we've been very, we've been slow. Last year we were slow as well, and I think last year we got the timing exactly right to get to the when we got to the all Ireland semi-final against Galway, ironically. Um, And we'll say the all Ireland final against Kilkenny. I think we improved as we went along all year. This year I think we've had to step up a little bit earlier, Um, and certainly that is, that's really, it's a little bit energy zapping, um but I, I as the break go, as the break work for us yes i think the break will work for us but certainly i think limerick could become a different animal when they get to crow park um and we all know that and i think that that's the ultimate prize for this limerick team and i think that urge for the four in a row is going to be massive and i think that's one that the players will want to achieve um it's going to be very very tight jack and i Matt, you probably agree with me I think I do. there's four teams at four teams at the moment and you could put the four teams into that and any one to four could win in All Ireland. And that's for me is the most important thing. But certainly a performance that we're Munster champions, we've done five in a row. By God, like you know, when well, I saw a Stat last week where one there's four Olympic players with six Munster Championship medals and four All Irelands. Did we ever think that we'd see that? You know, that's that's up there with the best. Um Uh, But overall, Limerick's performance, they've been improving. I think they'll step up to the mark next, the 8th of July at 6 o'clock above in Crow Park. I think that that will really drive them because they know when you get that far and when you're in Crow Park, you know you're within touching distance of the finish line. You know, it's like the 1,500 metres when you're coming around the final bend. I think Limerick are coming up to the final bend now. And I think that's one, that one one they'll get two performances out of themselves that will drive them to the next level and get back to where they have been over the last two years. And certainly as they go along, like I know Declan is a loss, injuries hopefully will tidy themselves up. Um, I think they'll get Kean back in the field, a really fit Cian Lynch back in the field, hopefully. Um, Declan, I think, you know, Declan is Declan, you know, that he's coolness personified, but... I think that urge to do what he really knows that's capable within touch and distance, I think that'll happen. And hopefully Limerick get over the line again and become four in a row All Ireland champions.
0: Yeah, and last lastly for us Leo, you mentioned Declan, obviously. Who do you think will, will replace Declan or how
5: do you think he'll be reshuffled? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Will I don't know who at centre back.
0: No, teams. Keane into midfield?
5: Yeah. Yeah, if Kean is anywhere right, get Keane out into the midfield. I think, I know Kean at centre-forward worked a treat, but I think Keane's ability to win ball and get ball into the forwards, I think is vital that we get that back on the field. And I wouldn't be one bit surprised if William O'Donoghue goes back centre-back. That's the way I'd be thinking. Um, because certainly I think that William McDonough is a stopper, um, physical presence. He almost sits in front of Declan anyway. Different type different type of hurler to Declan in terms of that. A, a lot of De- of what um, Will does is hand passed or just that short 10 yard hurley pass, whereas Declan is able to spray the ball 40, 50 yards around the place. And I think with the benefits, if Kean is fit enough to get him back on the field, Kean can offer you that in from the middle of the field. And certainly William would offer you a different, a different physical presence at centre back than Declan. Declan is more of a hurling centre back than Will, I don't know. You, we all know that Willow don't know who can play center back because he played center back with Napier Sig as well in the past. So, I just think that way, um, there is the option of putting Coyle, bringing Colin Coughlin in, there is the option of bringing Dan out, putting Richie English in cornerback. There's various different options, certainly. Like, and it's one of the things I suppose that if you look over that five or six period, five or six year period, Limerick, John and the management team have kept their cards very, very close to their chest. There has been no leaks out of that camp, and I think that's more. That's like a credit to John and a credit to Caroline Currit and these people that, you know, everyone is wondering. Well, my hurling brain would be thinking of putting William McDonough back centre-back and trying to get Cian Lynch back into the middle the field, provided he's fit enough. Yeah, it's interesting one.
2: i, I um, um, I'd just like to ask Leo there, um, you know, Declan Hannan is a fantastic hurler, but uh, <coughs> no question about it. And you're right, there are options there. But in terms of the loss of his leadership, there's going to be a leadership deficit on the field without Declan Annan.
5: There is, Matt. But without shadow of a doubt, I suppose, the players have really stepped up to the mark, haven't they, over the course of the last number of years? Declan has left the field of play at various stages over the last number of years um, through injury. And they've always seemed to step up to the mark. They've always taken responsibility. And I suppose, and this is a testament to, and I don't think the players owe each other anything. But certainly what Declan Hannan has done for Limerick Harlan, not alone in terms of what he's done on the field, but in terms of being an ambassador um, for Limerick Harlan, being captain of a team that, you know, lifts three All-Irelands in a row and, and so forth. Like, if there's anyone deserves that opportunity to get back to an All-Ireland final and be give, given the opportunity to lift the cup for four years in a row, He's lifted, he's lifted the Mcmackey Cup five years in a row now. Like, I just think the players will want to do it for him. Um, it's just, there is different scenarios with different things within that Limerick team, but the, the amount of respect that I know that the players have for each other, I think I just think that's so important. And I think that, that level, with, without Declan, I think the players will want to step up for Declan.
0: Yeah, I, I I fully agree with you there, Leo. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I still think to get through the line. I think you're cautiously optimistic, but you've been very good to us with your time there, Leo. Well over well over the time we thought you'd be, but no very very no good with your time. Thanks. Um look, uh best look as well, I suppose going forward, Rafael. It is brilliant to see the work you're doing up there. Leinster last year, Leinster this year just fell short at the final hurdle, but you spoke very highly there of the county and Please, God, they'll be up with the, the powerhouses like Limerick in, in the not-too-distant future. But for now, Leo, thank you very much. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, thanks a
5: million, Jack. Thanks, thanks Leo. Talk to you soon, guys. Thanks, William. Enjoy, bye-bye.
0: Take good, a look. Now, Leo O'Connor, Offaly, under-20 manager and former Limerick hurler, with a load of brilliant information there, Matt, valuable insights into Offaly and uh, real Limerick. Is- and- mm.
2: That on. is that is Leo. He's very forthcoming with his time and very forthcoming with information. I think him, um, you know, but behind it all, he has done an absolutely fantastic job up in Offley, taking him to the threshold of an All Ireland minor title and to the threshold of an All Ireland under twenty title. And certainly, you know, he, it won't be his, Leo's fault um, if Offaly don't make the break, breakthrough at senior level in the coming years because he he certainly put he certainly. Putting the building blocks in place in, in 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 terms of nurturing and bringing through these these young players, and you you, you see how carefully he brought through ten of them, you know, mm. to form the new piece of his squad in 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 the space of twelve months. So, you know, a huge credit. I, you know, I've <laughs> the utmost admiration for for Leo and for what he did in Limerick as well.
0: Yeah, it's. He he was involved throughout those barren years as well, and he was obviously there um, on, a, on a bad day with Offaly a long time ago. So for Limerick, you so know, he, he's, uh, he,
2: he's managed. He has managed teams to win the under twenty at under twenty level in both provinces. He managed Limerick in twenty eleven, and now he managed Offaly in twenty twenty three. You know, <clears> I don't unique, know if there's
0: anybody else on that. A unique CV, yeah. and it, It'll be. He would not be surprised if he led off late an Ireland title with the way things are going with them and the players he's coming through, and we wish him all the best. Of luck because yep. it's good to see those those counties coming through, because we all love hurling and we want to see as many teams operate as a high level as we can. But leading into that match, we obviously have our quarter finals this weekend. We spoke to Leo in, in depth about those. Um, obviously a huge type of double header in the Gaelic crowns. Um. If anyone has any tickets going, you might give us a shout. Cause I'd love to head into the Gaelic Grounds. But I wouldn't I wouldn't take away from uh, someone from Clare or Dublin or uh Tipperary or Galway it because would. we have our well, we have our day in the it, sun coming in, in Crow Park, but I'd love to be inside there first and foremost. But you spoke about
2: If our listeners had believed that now Jack didn't believe anything.
0: Yeah, well I I when the lad said we go, I said yeah, but tickets were gone by the time we looked at them, so if there's any spare tickets floating around, uh, you know how to find me. But I'm the No, benevolence
2: knows no bounds, Jack.
0: No, I, would be like that. All right, I'd, If I want something, I'll ask for it. All the people have to do is say no, or I can't help you there. Um, but we we spoke about. Oh, Matt is after going. You you fell out there briefly, Matt. Um, whatever happened there. But we spoke about um, Galway, uh, or sorry, Dublin, uh, and Clare and potential banana, banana skin and everything. And as it's a quick turnaround for Clare. For me, it's it seems very similar to last year where Clare are playing that third team for Leinster. It was Wexford last year, they didn't really root up many trees. Dublin weren't great in Leinster. Yes, there'll be a hangover from Clare, but I cannot see them losing.
2: Yeah, on the face of it, you cannot see them losing, but there may be a there may be one big performance in 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 um in, in Dublin and like Mihalodon, who has as, as, um, as, as um, uh, Leo said there like he's doing a fantastic job uh, just as he did in Galway and mm. I would not discount um, there being a shock there but from this remove I, I would say it's going to be clear
0: yeah and then it's it's the other one is really the one that the team to, to play Limerick will come from, from that second game Tipperary and Galway, and again we spoke about it at length, but that's a game that, you know, really could go anyway. If Tipperary find the form they found last week, and under completely different circumstances playing awfully, it is to play Galway. But if they if they play like the Tipperary we know and Leo alluded to, when when they get going as hurlers, I don't think there's any county that can match the raw natural talent Tip hurlers have. It's everything else. And like we had some epic games in Galway and Tipperary in 2015, 2017. You know, if we have another one of those, I don't think we'll care to we'll come out the right side of it. But who who would you be edging for? Because I don't think you'd be confident in picking either team.
2: I wouldn't be confident in picking either side. My my reservation about Tipperary hasn't changed all year. Is about the concession, the level of scores that they're concession, conceding and. Like it was epitomised in the problems that they may have in defence there last week when they conceded three eighteen to awfully while scoring 713, 38 at the other side. They're not going to score seven thirty eight on the colour of it next Saturday um, in 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 the Gaelic grounds, or if they do, we might as well all pack up and go away. But um, uh, I I I had this thing about Tipperary from the start of the year, and I think you looked askance at me when I said it at the outset, but. Um, <clears throat> um, there, there is a Liam Cahal factor, and there, there, you, you, you must remember, Jack, that there is a lot of players on this temporary squad that have two hundred twenty medals in their back pockets. Well, they have an under twenty and hundred and under twenty one medal in their back pockets. Yeah, and that that is a similar basis um, to what we had, um, what w- 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 which formed the nucleus of the Limerick team, and that you, under twenty successes in. 21 successes in 15 and 17 now Tipperary had him in 18 and 19 and a lot of these players the Mark Kehoe's and the Jake Morris's of of this world they're, they're all coming through from that now and Liam Cahill guided them through it the similarities between Limerick and um and and and, and, and Tipperary are many and practically uncanny now that you know they're closing the gap on us and um, I have a hunch Tipperary may get over the line, but only just. It's it's yeah. Um, it's it's a cautious vote, Jack.
0: Yeah, for me, I, st- I still think it'll be Galway. Um, I don't know why really, because they, they really shouldn't they shouldn't be in this game first and foremost. They should have beaten in Kilkenny. But yeah. outside the point, I I just think Galway will feel that... They've gone toe-to-toe with Limerick twice in three years. And I think they'll be desperate to get back and have another crack off Limerick. And it'll be the it'll be a Limerick team that hasn't really performed to their max yet. And the last two years Galway played them, they were absolutely lifting. So I think they'll be keen to play them. And I think that might just edge it. But I, I think it could come down to individual players, the likes of Connor Whelan, Kahal Mannion, Connor Cooney at one side, Evan Nyland, and then the fire... like. <laughs> There's, there will be a lot of scores in this game. I think it's fair to say.
2: Yeah, the one downside I see about Galway is, and I, I have the utmost respect for him, and particularly Conor Wheelan. And I was delighted to see, in particular, you know, I'm a big fan of his. I, I I was delighted to see him returning to some, um, some kind of forum that we know he can do in the in in, in the Leinster final. But they're coming from a heartbreaking defeat, mm. and it's it's going to be a big job. Job to lift them. Now Tipperary had the benefit of that run out against Offaly, so yeah. that, that that is conditioning my thinking, and it's it's one of the reasons why I'm giving Dublin a chance as well. Yeah, 100%, like, well, like, we don't know. Galway and Clare have suffered very, very difficult, um, you know, defeats in their respective provincial finals. Notwithstanding at all the fact that you lose it by a point, you know, but the circumstances in particular in which Galway lost it. You no, know, it's 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 going to be a test of Henry Shefflin as to how he can pick up his side.
0: Yeah, and again, I just think it's very similar to last year, Um that Claire playing the third place team in Leinster that weren't going great, and also Galway got over a Cork team last year, and you know, even Leo has mentioned how good Cork are, and we've all mentioned. How how good we think Cork are and the players they have and Galway got over the line last year, you know after losing a Leinster final. So I think it'll it'll follow suit. I I think the final four will be the same. You you think definitely three of the four we know, and then you're just towards Tipperary, but it could go either way, Matt. Could definitely go either way. And look, that's that's why we love the G.A. You know, that's why we love hurling. Well,
2: you see, Tipperary are boosted by the return of Craig Morgan. Um yeah. a very important defender, although you'll say team conceding three eighteen, but um um uh, but the return of Jason Ford has been and Jake Morris has been massive.
0: Oh hundred percent. Um it's a it's it's a mount watering affair. Thank God it's only over the road. And as I said, if there's any tickets gone, uh there's there's one man on, on your screen right now that'll certainly um take them off you. Um Before we we go away from the hurling, Matt, I just wanted to play um, a short video with Eamon Grimes, the 1973 All-Ireland winning captain for Limerick. We were at an event in the Strand there recently enough and uh, Liam O'Brien Queenie our Limnock, was talking to Eamon. So I'll just play that now for anyone that didn't see that quote yesterday. Uh, Here
3: Here talking to 1973 Limerick captain Eamon Grimes of South Liberties and as you can see he has the the Lee McCarthy cup in his hands again as he did uh, 50 years ago. Eamon a great day planned ahead celebrating 50 years of a of a very special year for Limerick. It's
4: it's absolutely fantastic, absolutely it's great to be here and uh, we're going to enjoy it.
3: Great stuff, great stuff and um, uh, have you any particular memories that stand out when you look back at that year 1973?
4: Ah, they're huge, huge, huge memories. Getting there, number one. I mean, we hadn't been there for quite some time prior to that. And the fact that it was, what, 33 oh, or 40, 40 years? Yeah.
3: Since the Mackie Mac era. Yeah, yeah. And um, one, I'd say, every one
4: of us, we weren't at any of the previous finals. So it was just something new. Yeah.
3: And it's, it's so important, I to suppose, to break that, bridge that generational gap, wasn't it? And, and to succeed the likes of Mick Mackey And of course, Jackie Power was a selector in 73, wasn't he?
4: He was, and Dick Stokes as well. They, they, they both represented Limerick. But it was marvellous for us in, in so as we hadn't experienced it. And what we did experience was absolutely tremendous. I mean, the homecoming was, was uh, fantastic. The crowd, I mean, the wet day, as you well remember, the wet day that it was the, 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 the dye from the, the, the hats was running down onto their shirts. And I must say, the reception, as I look out now, it was down there in Arthas Key, that, that uh, the reception we got was absolutely fantastic.
3: And of course, the Munster final is a game that everybody remembers fondly too. And it was a day like today, a lovely hot sunny day in Turles. And it was a huge breakthrough to, to finally get over the line and beat the Prairie at the in Turles, wasn't it?
4: Oh, it absolutely was. And whatever they say, I still say, Richard Binnis scored that point, and it was definitely a point. But the last five minutes of that, was the most hectic match I ever played. The hair literally preferably stood in the back of your head, the tension and the excitement that that was by far the most intense and exciting match that I ever played.
3: Well, you'll be happy to know that in the process of uh, researching the book, we actually spoke to Mick Slattery, the referee, and he said about Richie's point, he said, he said he was so sure it was a point that even if the goals are 20 yards further back, it still would, uh, went over the bar. So 50 years on, Hawkeye says ta to Richie's yeah. point.
4: Well, I definitely say ta to it as well. Yeah, Good stuff.
3: Great to see. So listen, and really enjoy your day. You're going to be presented to the crowd later on. Such a pleasure to talk to you today. Enjoy yourself. Well, thank you. So-
0: I was, on, I was on mute there, Matt. That was Eamon Grinds talking to Liam O'Brien and Queen Queenie Limnock. Great. You know, it kind of gets lost in the radar that Limerick are going so well now that 50 years since uh, that famous day in 1973 when Limerick beat Kilkenny in the final. And we won't dwell on it too long now because we have, we'll have time later on in the year. But, you know, without that success, that 45-year gap for Limerick becomes nearly 90 years, you know. 78,
2: so. actually, Jack.
0: Yeah, sorry, thirty-three and forty-five is seventy-eight, but you know it. it as uh, There's a book coming out um by James London later on the year, and it's called "Keeping the Dream Alive," and that's the big premise that there wasn't this m- massive gap. There's obviously two large gaps, but the team of nineteen seventy-three kept that dream alive. It, it you know it, it made a seventy-eight year wait, a forty-five year one, and it's great to see clips like that um from Lima, and there's plenty more to come during the course of the next few weeks. So stay tuned that but it's always good to hear from Eamon Grimes, the, the nineteen seventy-three winning captain. Um but moving on now from the small ball to the big ball Matt and unfortunately it was defeat for the Limerick footballers in the Talchon Cup quarter final. Um and a really a really tough pill to swallow from Mark Fitz on his side and you could you could hear that from, from Mark in his, in his post-match interview, you could see it from the players at full time uh, and you can watch the game back. And it, it's hard to see what went wrong for Limerick, but it, it did go wrong. And that's, that's the most important thing. And Limerick are out, you know. Hugh Burke kicked Limerick into a 14 points to nine lead um, in the 47th minute, I think. And Limerick wouldn't score again. Um, and obviously the, the goal like it was it was a mistake by limerick. These things happened. The goal wasn't the the deciding thing in the game. It was Limerick's missed chances in front of goal at the other end and their inability to just get a score to stem the tide because Leash didn't blitz Limerick by any means down the stretch. They just they just tacked away their scores. I mean one five in a half an hour football isn't the most impressive tally like it wasn't like a, a smash and grab. It was just they they plugged away and and Limerick lost their momentum and and couldn't get it back and just such a disappointing Saturday was in the Gaelic grounds.
2: Oh yeah, Jack. It, it it now I know you were there. It it, it it it's so disappointing. I've seen the footage of it. I've seen more, a lot of it back and and um, you know you, you know those goal chances that went to begging and that's not that's not reflecting on on, on any of our players but. Because um, the goalkeeper made an absolutely stunning save for one of them. Let's yeah, not discount it. that, you know. But you know, on another day, like um, I, I thought when we were fourteen points to nine up here, we go. It's it's going to form, and we're going to the semi final because here in this in this cast, Jack, um, we we seem to be pretty confident and unanimous, and. Um, um, you know, in the lead-up to, during the course of the Tarleton Cup, that there was at least a semi-final in Limerick. And, um, you know, as late as last week, I I, I felt the same, that that, that they would beat these because these were coming to Limerick, Jack, with, with what I thought were pure, with poor credentials. And we discussed it with Paul Ranahan last week. And um, Limerick seemed to be doing the business. It it seemed to be going through to farm. Although I have the narrative, um. In, in the radio during the, the lead-up to the match that um, Limerick were facing banging far and leash just because they'd beaten 14-man for like and um, hadn't won a game in the Talton Cup and only got in by getting a point in the last minute to put London out. So um, I thought was going to plan. I think it's a big disappointment for for Limerick football. We would be looking forward to a game in Croke Park at the weekend had we got through against Down. And um, it it would have been another opportunity to benchmark ourselves. Um, um, Look, it's not the end of the season that we would want. No, the the, the season, um, you know, it started with the McGrath Cup, getting to the McGrath Cup final, suffering a heavy defeat in the McGrath Cup final. And then we had the whole league situation, which we have discussed at nauseam. And I'm not going to repeat it. And then with the promising performance against Clare, and that seemed to morph into the um, Talton Cup, and uh, with a couple of good performances, and had qualified with a game to spare. But something sort of went off the rails against Wicklow. It was a dead rubber game, and I suppose that was part of it. But they seemed to have recovered last week and seemed to be doing the job against Leash, and it just went wrong, Jack. And it's it's a disappointing. <clears throat> There's no sugar-coating of it. It's a disappointing end to the season. Very disappointed for Mark Fitzgerald and certainly very disappointed for the players.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's been a topsy turvy campaign as we went through it. But we, we thought we were getting those green shoots that we've seen over the last five or six years. And we did get them for 45 minutes in the Gale Crowns. There was one team dominant... And I mean the goalie from my recollection, the goalie made two very good saves. Um, he kind of stopped one attack in its tracks and two went wide. You know, if, if you put one of those away and it's one fourteen to nine, you know, I think you take the wind completely out of Leish's sails. And I think that makes it more disappointing than Matt, that I don't think Limerick can turn around and say they were beaten by the better team, you know
2: no jack no yeah. and 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 uh, a, a lot of times when you suffer defeat you've got to put your hands up and say yeah the better team won but you know i from what i saw of it from what i've heard about it and you were there jack um yeah. I, I i i cannot bring myself to saying that we lost to the better team on this occasion Um, i think we were the better team but i I'd be small bit worried about that lapse of twenty-three minutes of regulation time at the end when we failed to score. Now, I know that there were dreadful weather conditions feeding into it. You know? But like yeah. they were dreadful they were dreadful for Leash as well. But it, it would suggest to me that Leash probably um, adapted to the conditions better than we did. And um, I, I I would just put that forward as maybe um some bit of an excuse, but um uh, the, the, our inability to score in that last 20 25 minutes of play, actually, <clears throat> if you count time added on, um, was our undoing, you know. And um, but overall, the better team on the day lost,
0: yeah. And that's that's not that's not green mist by any such imagination, like there's no one team not was our was prep, Jack. No, it wasn't. And look, Leach won at the end of the day, you know, we've seen. We've seen teams that we love win games they shouldn't have, and put our hands up and say they shouldn't have won that. But That's definitely one that Limerick should have won. Well, Jack, I do like before
2: the... you go away from the Talton Cup, and um, and I was I was in Tullamore the day that we played them. Um, we played Limerick I uh, played Tipperary in the round robin, and Down were playing before us against Tipperary, and I was very very impressed with Down.
0: Yeah, and
2: um... I, I said to myself on that day coming out of Turles, I said this is the benchmark for the Talton Cup. And I, I think Down will be very, very hard to beat in that competition now.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's an awful pity that Limerick don't have a chance to play against the likes of Down, who are definitely going in the in the right direction with the Kilku boys in tow. And Tone. I, I just think from the, the Limerick game, you know, I think it's important to say there obviously was a big mistake for the goal, but I wouldn't put any blame of the result down on, on one player because it was one instant in a seventeen minute game. Limerick had so many chances at the other end just winter begging um and you know I wouldn't what happened with the I'm goal not, happened with the goal
2: I'm not factoring in the goal at all Jack it it, it was the collective inability to score in the last twenty five minutes.
0: Yeah and just just a pity because there was some good really good performances from from a lot of players. Like again Barry Coleman was really good in his debut year. Very good got it kicked an early score Kyle Downs was kicked the first score was quite ish, but you know a really solid year for Kyle. Hugh Burke was back to his brilliant best. He kicked three alone in the second half, four overall. when those was a mark, like and you know he was really finding his form. And those players outside of that, obviously, wish we wish the best to Brian Fanning, who um, was in some sort of a, a knee mm-hmm. brace. So I, I don't think he would have been back for any sort of the game, any any games down the line, but. Hopefully he'll be back for, for Palace Green, first and foremost. But really disappointing, Matt. Um, no positives to be taken from the day itself. But I think when Limerick looked back on the year overall and a couple of new lads um, came into the fold, the likes of James Nocton nailed down his place. You know, last year he started a lot of games, but I don't think he started the Munster final. You know, he, he's one of Limerick's main men now. Keen Sheen was brilliant again. Ian Corbett cut over his injury worries. You know there was there was positives for Limerick, but it'll be a while before we can really reflect on those, Matt. Just by the nature of the defeat. But look onwards and upwards, um, for Limerick football into twenty twenty four for the ladies football
2: team, Matt. Um, but before you go it, from um, men's football, the masters are out this week. Well, I was going to go uh, to the masters at the end, but you can fire into. Oh, All right, oh, no, 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 no. I'll go with you. Go on. go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to leave them for the end, but. Uh, in contrast uh, to the men's team, the ladies footballers had, had, I suppose, a facile win at best, to to, to describe their, their heavy win over Kilkenny. Hit them for seven goals. Uh, not much really to say from John Lock Park. We, we didn't really expect much different. Limerick got the job done. A lot of players got on the score sheet. Um, kicked a fair share of points as well to go with it. So, look, it, it was job done. That's a game that we never saw going a different way, only a comfortable Limerick win.
2: No, but I I saw I saw the entire game, Jack, and I and um, um there's something I, I, I'm a long time in this game, but there's there's something that um I have I, never seen before happen. That a team gets five five scores, one goal and four points in the first three minutes and six seconds exactly. That will yeah, give was- you an idea of the start that Limerick got to it was simply phenomenal. Like they got a point within seconds, Carnolerian and, and um, from each kick out it was kicked back over the bar and eventually one was put in was put in the net and you know it's Bob's your uncle nearly after that because um look Jack it was a mismatch. Um no use to either team. Um what it does what it does for either side, I don't know. For Limerick, I suppose a pipe opener. Um it gets the, the away game out, out of their system and they have two home games now against Sligo and down to get the job complete. But I, I I would seriously worry about you know, it's not my business to worry about Kilkenny, but I, I, I would worry about a system that you know and I I, I, having said that, I worry about it. I can't come up with a solution um, that yeah. that allows a team into a situation like that, like Kilkenny. Um, that there isn't some stepping stone, but where is the stepping stone? I don't know, Jack. But I'll tell you, it's been a baptism of fire for, for Kilkenny. Limerick have scored 11 goals and 44 points against Kilkenny in two games this year. And only conceded a goal in six, goal in
0: seven. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even think Limerick have put the highest score on Kilkenny this year. I think that just yeah. makes for more Halloween reading. But look, job done for Graham Shine. his side, mm-hmm. we, as we said, didn't expect any different. It's um, Sligo first um, on the on the second of July. That isn't fixed yet, but it will be on in Limerick and. Sunday
2: the second. No, so it, it is fixed actually, Jack. Both, both of Limerick's two remaining games are in Newcastle West.
0: Oh, lovely! I was in Newcastle West. Um, last we've Friday only one week. step
2: now. We've only one step to go now to take him back to a to you No, I was. I was just about to say I was in Newcastle West
0: for um a Skeet and hurling game. That they won the West Championship to be torn fulla in Newcastle and walked on the field afterwards to see. Um, On Condon lift the cup but the pitch was like a carpet in Newcastle now it was in the midst of the unreal spell they've had a fair share of rain in Newcastle since but that pitch um, unreal and I heard as well that McNeville Park should be ready for the, the county football final now we did hear that last year so hopefully this time around it will be ready to go but yeah the, the ladies footballers will be back in action against Sligo Um on the second of July in Newcastle. Um, so I'm sure they'll do their due diligence in the meantime to be ready for that game. Um the Masters, if you want to jump in now, Matt, they're obviously playing Westmead this weekend in Westmead in their fourth game of the championship. As we had said to Anti McCarthy at the start, every team will get into a knockout phase, but um I suppose they'd want to get a win on on the board.
2: Yeah, uh, every team except three, Jack. There are 23 oh, teams in it. The bottom three will be relegated and the other um, the other uh, 20 will break into five groups of four. Now, Limerick are hovering <clears throat> very close to the bottom at the moment and um, they badly need a win. I saw the game against Leish um, uh, a week last Saturday out, out in Kiltili and um, it was disappointing because, disappointing from the from the viewpoint that Limerick had put up, that win over Waterford in the first round had a very, very promising performance against Kerry and Raheena, but this was a disappointing performance. But if you delve behind why it was a disappointing performance, <clears throat> there were short four or five of their big players from around the middle third who had been key in the previous games. And I suppose it's the nature of the thing that, that um, at this level players can't commit themselves to week in, week out and um Leach got a goal within about 15 or 20 seconds so like they were, they were on the hind foot right right from the start now they they made uh, they showed a bit of a revival in the, at one period in the second half they kicked four or five points in a row but at that stage um Leach had gone out the gap they had they had gone they had gone um, practically out of sight um it was a disappointing result but jack may i say that um uh, I, I would like to congratulate um the the Kiltili club the Kiltili drumkeen club and their excellent facilities out there i hadn't been over there since pre covid but the amount of development that has gone on there um is simply phenomenal and the way they approached the logistics of ho- ho- hosting the game and their hospitality it was it was just second to none and congratulations to the club now um Limerick travelled to Westmead to Mullingar Shamrocks on Saturday to play Westmead at 2 o'clock. Westmead are one point better off in the standings than than, than Limerick. They, they've, they've got um, a draw with Leash in the first round. They defeated Kildare in the second round and the last time out they lost to the combination of Leithram and Longford. But it, it, it is very, very important at this stage that Limerick get back on the horse and, and get back to winning ways. And um, you know, if they're to feature in the knockout stages of the competition, now they will have Roscommon in Saint Patrick's two weeks later. That's in Saint Patrick's in Rebgog, and uh, before concluding their 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 group stages with a, with a trip to Cork. Now I don't know what the venue for that will be, but. Um, Look, it's it's nearly into must-win time for him. A win, I think, would safely see him through to the knockout stages. But um, uh, it won't be easy in Westmeath. We we know the kind of grief <coughs> that Westmeath have seen to year in year out, um, visit on 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 Limerick senior footballers, and we've come so near to beating them. But they seem to be our bogey team. But I I certainly hope that is not passed on to our masters.
0: No. God They can uh, start to move up the table and look forward to a knockout game and get away. And I suppose getting a win over Westmead would be the perfect start in, in doing so and to leapfrog uh, the men, So best to look to Anthony McCarthy and the side this weekend. Moving into Komogi, Matt. Um, and I suppose like the like senior footballers, it was disappointing. Um, comfortable loss to Waterford two nineteen to 11 in Capemoor. Um We had said it would be a very... Difficult tall order against the Waterford side that you really could envisage getting to an All Ireland final if not winning the whole competition. That, that has been their trajectory um, in the last few years. But, you know, it ends Limerick's chances of a knockout game. You know, it puts them into a relegation battle with Offaly. Um, just, again, disappointing.
2: Very disappointing, Jack. Um, I was at it. Um, I suppose in fairness <coughs> we didn't we didn't expect Limerick to win no. um, uh, it was a repeat of last year's quarterfinal um, I think um, I think water would have stepped on from last year um, I, th- I think they're a better side um, they were down three players on Sunday um, Carla Griffin, Abby Flynn and Lorraine Bray and um, now Limerick were, were down a number of players as well, like and and you had we, we know about Re, Rebecca De Lee out all year. Um uh Kiva Lines was out and then then on at um, going into the game on Sunday, uh, last Mern Kramer or our fullback, our vastly experienced fullback Mern um has suffered an injury in her leg, possibly ligament injury, but She doesn't know the the full extent of it yet, but she was a huge last man. Quaid went in full back. And Ethan Elegant from Monleon came into the corner. Um, Look, it was a plucky performance by Limerick against a team that were physically stronger, Jack. And a team that possessed a number of exceptionally good Corlors Camogie players. And of course, they had a certain Miss Beth Carton. Who scored 112, one eight from play? She was irresistible on the day, practically unplayable on the day, um, and L- L- Limerick just couldn't live with it. Now there was a couple of promising performances by younger players, um, which which would give hope for for, for the future. Um, like we we had the usual, the Clever Castellas, the Claire Keatings, the Sophia O'Callaghan's. <coughs> Leading from the front, Marion Quaid at full back. But I I I was happy from a Limerick point of view with the with the performances of the like of Tracy Dore, um, Stephanie Wolfe, um, LB Larkin. I, I I I I thought they had very, very promising performances for the future. But for the here and now Limerick have a real task on their hands, Jack, to preserve status. They go too off the, the, the situation at the moment is they go too awfully. Win the Camogie match, and they're safe. Go to Offaly and lose the Camogie match, they're embroiled in a relegation playoff with the bottom teams in the other two groups. So um, they, they could make a clean cut of it if they can get over Offaly the next day. But um, yeah. it, it's 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 um, it's disappointing. It, it, it is disappointing um and um, but look we expected that it would be very very difficult against Waterwood and that's what it was jack.
0: yeah I suppose it, it did go it did go to script and um, if you were neutral you would have expected a result like that But um, they'll just need to be off you know, in, the, in the final round to you know I suppose bring into their season. Quicker rather than later, because you, you get embroiled in, in relegation, then it's the only thing, and that's the last thing they want. But, um, the, no, the I, we'll there. be talking
2: about it next week, and you know, without preempting what we might be saying next week, but I think they're capable of beating Offaly. Of
5: yeah, I, I, I've
2: i seen Offaly of this year, um, in in it uh, winter's w- a make or break relegation game in Mick Neville Park. Now, this game is likely to be in Banahar or Bor. And, of course, um, um, I, I'm just taking note of Offley's results against Antrim and against Waterford. And I think that our results against those two who have qualified for the quarterfinals um, are far more encouraging, Jack.
0: Yeah, they are. And, look, it's it's nice to, to end the year with a win, you know, and just rubber stamp the year and put it in and end. And then you can look forward to 2024, as we said, for the footballers. Um, we had planned on doing a segment about the Munster... The five months of titles in a row, Matt, but well, we might leave it till next week. We're, we're going a bit longer. There's one more thing I want to, to run by you, and and that is the injury to Declan Hannan. That um, I suppose we we probably didn't really see this coming that he'd be indefinitely ruled out three weeks from the game. Now, there would have been worries definitely leading up to the game, but I don't think we envisioned a scenario where we're, that I think it was Sunday evening, was it, or Monday morning that we got the news confirmed by Limitier. That Declan was out, and it'll yeah. only be the second time in twelve years that he'll miss a championship game, which is phenomenal for yeah. first and foremost as as a stat. But um and, and because of that, we haven't had to under John Kiley, we haven't had to play anyone really at centre back from the start of the championship game. Bar that day against Tipperary, which was turned out to be a dead rubber game because Limerick won the rematch in the Munster Final, but there are a number of options, Matt, um, and we will probably look at it again next week. But um, there was one that caught the, the attention of uh, the faithful on Twitter, and that was the inclusion of a certain Nicky Quay at centre back. Now, we all know how good Nicky is in the goals, and we've both seen Nicky play um, at centre back for Evan. On his day, he's definitely one of the best centre-backs in Limerick. But I, I said it more in jest than anything. I presume you can't en- envisage a scenario where Nicky is wearing a number six jersey.
2: No, no, I, I I can't. But first of all, let's wish Declan Hannon the very best to look for a very, very speedy recovery there. And of course, thank him for all. We could never say enough thanks to him for all that he has done for our county and and his leadership and his hurling ability. But I think the all kind of... Um, there in our earlier segment I, I I think he spelled it out quite clearly What the options were I hadn't myself, I'll admit Thought about the, the the Willem O'Donohue option mm. um, You know I, I I was thinking along the lines of Kyle Hayes, centre-back, Colin Cochlin coming in Or Dan Morrissey going to centre-back Mikey Casey, full-back And Richie English in the corner <clears throat> But Willem O'Donohue is a very, very interesting one <clears throat> That that Leo spoke about um, But um you know it's a, it's, a, it's a huge call by john Kiley, but they um i would say that the 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 word came out so soon was to dispel any rumor that may be going around the place about it um about his impending um, absence and um i i think the county board and the limerick management were dead right to do that and um one thing about it is that limerick have 3 weeks you know to get accustomed um, to what system they're going to play, um, I have no doubt John Kiley has probably decided at this stage um, who is who is um, who's going to replace Declan Hannan, and he's preparing the team on that basis.
0: Yeah, I've, I, they'll know inside their camp. They'll know now who who's it going to be, but there are a lot of number number of um, interesting options. Will is one I had thought of, but I thought actually Dara Donovan might be more obvious to go back in there. He played there for Dune two years ago. I think Will just offers too much in the middle. I think Dara could do a lot of his good work from centre-back. Barry Nash is another option, and I saw a few places that wanted Hego to go in at six. He mm. obviously plays there for St. Pat's as well, so it would be interesting to see um, what Limerick look for. But it's one... That we can we can definitely look to to next week, Matt, because you know we we'll know who we're playing, and it might be a case of once we know what kind of a centre forward the other team are going to bring, or kind of a, a forward unit that we'll be able to to know better as to how Limerick are going to to operate. Oh, yeah, um, Saturday
2: is going to clarify a lot of that, Jack. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll know for definite who we're playing this Saturday. Um, eighty minutes on the clock there Matt. is there anything we're missing in any progress or anything like that, as they say on Taylor much oh, I,
2: I don't think so
0: yeah i I don't think so either. I'm sure once we we go off, we'll remember something, but uh, I think we, we might we might leave it there um a huge thank you as always to to Men's where our sponsor for getting involved and being very good to us. Um, to Leo O'Connor for his excellent contribution there um, for the first 40 minutes of the podcast to give us an awful lot of time. In fairness to him, um, to you, of course, Matt, as always, to the people watching. And I must say, the reaction we're getting is greater every week, Matt. Like, we're getting higher numbers every week um, on YouTube and all our socials and on, on wherever you listen to as well. So make sure... If you are listening to it, um on Spotify, or anything, like it, rate the podcast on YouTube, like, subscribe, Twitter, share it, retweet it, all that good stuff on, on Facebook as well. And keep saying it to us uh, when you meet us. I met a fella outside the still house after Monster final and he said you're the fella from the podcast. Um, and there's been a few more like that. So <laughs> it's always good to hear from people that are listening to it. Um, I worry about those people that listen to us every week. Have they nothing better to do with their lives, Matters you'd say, than listen to these two fellas? A lot of people have said they just see me on their YouTube now. They can't avoid me. Some, but look, it's...
2: some some people gravitate towards the intelligence here, Jack.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. They must have gone on a YouTube wormhole to eventually. Won't uh, wrap up with us, but it's brilliant to hear from, from people in, in all walks of life and we love doing it so it we'll we'll keep providing the content um, as long as there's content and I suppose next week as well we will have the start of the, the club football championship so there'll be more than likely a separate pod next week there'll be two free to di- divulge into us. so it's going to be a busy week next week as we uh, look ahead to the start of the club championship and we'll know who Liverpool are playing in the All-Ireland semi-final so it's going to be hectic but uh that's so what we what we love in the J community. And as I'm talking there, it's just bucketing down rain. So the gods must know the podcast is coming to an end. And, and we're we're, we're
2: basking in glow, in glorious sunshine here in beautiful Glenroo. If I if I, could, if I could only turn the camera out the window in case you think I'm cutting you, Jack.
0: No, I can see I can see the sunshine coming. In. No, it is. It's still bright, but it's it's lashing rain, and that's just the way the weather has been going in recent times. But look, we, we'll call it a day. that's
2: God's own people.
0: <laughs> I think wherever anyone is from, it, it, it's God's country, uh, I think is the way they describe their own townland. But again, a huge thank you to everyone that's getting involved. That's episode 238 in the books. Matt, thanks as always. And we'll talk again soon.
1: Thank you, Jack. Especially again, we get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get no more about it. You're a modest you down to the shop shot for a pound worth of goods and you gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods. Can you? He just
4: about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley to deal down to of Shay. He
1: deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the Sunday game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. Morning, the more about the mid he made the that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the back of it, that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left?